right. Some people say, thank God it's Friday. I say, thank God it's podcast day. Happy Friday, everyone. This is episode number 128 of Shut Up and Grind with your, your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So if you're new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, not letting other people put limitations on what you're capable of. And each week I bring on guests from all over the world, from all walks of life, sharing their stories of what they had to go through to get to where they are today. And oh, me, here's a little bit about me. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You've got to know your work. All right, so before I get to my guests today, that's right, guests plural, there's two of them today husband and wife combo. We're going to talk about getting started. So if you're sitting on an idea, no matter what it is, whether you want to write a book, you want to start a blog, you want to start a podcast, you want to start a side hustle, no matter what it is, just start it. Just start it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't need tons of money. You don't need a fancy website. You don't need fancy equipment. All you have to do is start. So for those that don't know, when I started my fitness business, I always say I'm a hobbypreneur because it wasn't supposed to really blossom into a business. It started out as an outlet just for myself because I wanted to get back to my athletic roots. And my guests are track and field people. So like we already bought in there because we all know track is life. But I wanted to get back to my athletic roots. And I just started getting myself back into shape. And then I had a big enough space and I had enough equipment. Like maybe I'll train a couple people just for fun. And then people started telling people, people started bringing friends. And then next thing you know, I got 40 people training out of my, my garage in my house. And to the point to where city zoning came and knocked on the door and was like, uh, we're getting reports that uh, there's a fit- fitness classes being run here. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's just I had a couple of friends over, right? So I had to hustle a little bit. But anyway, way, then it ended up going into a 5,000 square foot facility with all brand brand new equipment and it just completely blew my mind but I got started I got started when I had no money I got started when I had bad credit I I got started when I I had really no marketing sense at all like you guys all know I dropped out of college three times so like I didn't have a business background I didn't have a marketing background or a branding background but I, I was good at connecting with people so I just got started and just connected with one and then connected with another then connected with another. And then next thing you know, boom. And so in that time frame, I learned what I had to know along the way. I learned marketing. I learned branding. You know, I learned all, all that stuff that I needed, but I got started. And so that's my message to you is to just start. If you want to write, just get out a notebook and just start writing. Right? Don't worry about the end destination yet. Just start it. Okay, so if you take nothing else away, although looking at my guest background, you're going to take a lot away today. But just take away the fact that you just have to get started. All right, so who are my guests? I have a feeling that I failed and I put away the bio. Yeah, I did. Hold on a second. <laughs> All right, so here we go. All right, so we have a, a professional track athlete who was ranked eighth in the world in 2019. She graduated from Hampton University with a psychology degree and hopes to help people around the world who are struggling mentally from post-adolescent stress 
or stress in general. I'm not going to read it all because I don't want to give it all away. And he has experience with Fortune 500 companies. He worked with J.P. Morgan as a trader and Exelon as a cost accountant. And he was a brand ambassador for Shark Tank's Damon, uh, Damon John Rise and Grind book, in which he became a member of the Shark Group. And then we'll get the rest of their story from them. So welcome to the show, Andre and Sierra Brown. Welcome. <laughs> Hey, what's Hi. up, bro? Thanks for having us. Thank you. My pleasure. So where are you guys joining us from? Uh, we're in Delaware currently. Delaware? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Tax-free state. Yeah. No sales tax, no corporate tax. <laughs> That's always a bonus. <laughs> All right. So what's um? Are, are you guys in the path of that hurricane that's coming up? Well, we didn't know about the hurricane. Oh, we don't watch the news. If we if we get the alert on our phone, that's how we catch it. That's the yeah, because oh. <laughs> yeah, I, like I know full of bad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agree. Agree. I mean, I do. I do another show that's more debatish style. So I kind of have to pay attention to current events just so I have topics put for that show. Yeah. But I. Uh, I just I, I just got an alert that for Rhode Island we're we're in a, a warning for Sunday. So yeah. I just curious if you guys were in that path as well. I mean Delaware one of the safest states uh in terms of like catastrophes. So it's yeah. probably it probably like nip us, but it's probably gonna pass us most likely. That's what happened most of the time since we've been here. Okay. All right. And how long have you guys been there? Like three years, four years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Nice, nice. All right. So we're going to dive in. So I, I asked all the guests, you know, just to describe who they are. And so, you know, give me like 60 seconds or less, or less each. Ladies first. So who is Sierra? Okay. Like, okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Sierra Brown. Uh, as you stated, I'm a professional track athlete for the United States. Um, I grew up in West Philadelphia, the Winfield area. And I started running track when I was in middle school. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know the fresh, the fresh Prince of Bel Air. So just <laughs> the second you said that, like in West Philadelphia. We went to the same school. I went to Overbrook High School. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, like I said, I've been running track since middle school. Um, I've really been running all my life because I was racing kids on, in the neighborhood when I yeah. was like. <laughs> you know, really young or whatever. So, um, yeah, and then pretty much I went on to um, um, co high school, yeah, college. I went to Hampton University. And then after that, after I graduated, I went professional um, and ran for Hoka, which is my sponsorship. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Okay, uh, Andre, who is Andre? Uh, I'm Andre Henry. I'm the CEO of Dream Again. I'm a corporate accountant currently. Uh, I'm a brother, father, son, all that. Um, I started out uh, Section 8 in, from, I'm from Chester, PA. Um, I lost both of my parents at the age of eight. Oh, wow. uh, uh, my grandma took us in and um, pretty much uh, showed me, my grandfather and my grandma showed me like confidence, just the building up my self-esteem, just losing, because uh, they, they impact me hard. Um, yeah. I'm also an entrepreneur, um, I'm a learner, and uh, I motivate individuals to uh, fix their situations. Okay, love it, love it. So we, we got we got to start we got to start with the track and field because you know, <laughs> love me some track and field. I did the uh, I did high jump, triple jump, long jump, and the four by one. Okay. And, and then I had I had Olympic aspirations, but then a knee injury took that away. And then I, I was able to rehab and get back to the doorstep. And then in the 1993 Nationals, I blew my knee again in the middle of the high jump. So it kind of killed yeah. that one. But I'm still in it for co for coaching. Right. You know, so so like like I give I give back to uh, the athletes. And I just love being around that sport. It, it's such an underrated sport. Right. Dr you know, when I actually read something today about Usain Bolt. Let me digress for a second. Right about Usain Bolt, that in his eight gold medals, he ran for a total of 115 seconds, <laughs> and and the like. But he had to train his his heart out for 20 years to be at the best he can be for under two minutes. It's like people like people don't understand that's the grind that you have to go through to be a top level track athlete. 
So for for you, how do you approach your training? Um, I approach it with mental toughness because that's something I struggled with um, in the beginning of my career. Like, you know, comparing myself and, and doubting myself a lot. Just looking at other people's stats because when I first stepped into the pro scene, you know, I wasn't as good as everyone. I was getting beat, like, probably <laughs> all the time, like, placing fifth or fourth. And, um, yeah. you know, like I, like you saying, Bo, you got to continue that grind. So I continued it. I continued the grind and um, and started building myself mentally each year. And, you know, I, I put myself in my own path and stopped focusing on what other people were doing. So, yes. um, yeah, so I was just like, you know, you got to focus on yourself and eventually you'll get to where you want to be. And that's how I became like one of the top 800 runners now. So. Love it. <laughs> See, and that stuff translates into the everyday world. Like when, yeah, it's like when, when people here, I think it was last year, one of our locals, our local school systems, like took away all extracurricular acti- well I guess it was two two years ago because we had distance learning last year but they took away all the es- extracurricular activities and you know people were like knocking people who were speaking out that sports were being cut right. it's like pe- people don't understand the life lessons that athletics gives you you know especially in a sport like track where yeah it's a team sport but it's still individual it's like you have, it's just you and whoever else is on that line with you. And you have to push yourself to be ahead of the pack. And then that translates to the workforce. Because if if you're, you know, if you have a career or whether you're an entrepreneur, you got to put that work in to make yourself stand out from the crowd. Right. You know, so it's like, so being an athlete, I find a lot of athletes transition into entrepreneurship because they already have that base. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So so Andre, how, how how about you? So you lost both your parents at eight years old. Just take me through that. Um, so yeah, it was um I was eight. My mother um only met my father one time. We had like one we didn't even have a conversation, but we looked mm-hmm. at each other and uh, okay. my mom was just like, This your dad and we I mean I look like him. So I just, we just like looked each other in the eyes and then I was just like, all right. I mean, cause I ain't know him that much. I was about five years old, six. And I just remember seeing him. And then uh, we went back home and then my mom, she passed away when I was uh, eight. Uh, she just left with her friend one night. They went out and um, they was like one exit away and it was a big car accident on 95. Oh, no. And then, um, yeah. And then uh, my aunt and um pretty much just came to the house and um just took it tr- took us to their house we ain't think nothing of it and then um the news came on and then it was a major accident and then like one of my brothers or sisters uh noticed that um noticed uh my aunt Lisa car and then they just told us what happened and wow. then um my aunt uh my 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 aunt Lisa survived but my mom uh passed away from the accident uh she flew off the windshield Got hit by like 18 cars in a oh truck. God. And then um then uh the whole family got split up. I got four brothers, two sisters, and two of them went into the orphanage. Uh well they went to go live with their dad. We got different yeah. dads, but yeah. they went to go live with their dad. And then my brother ended up in the orphanage because his father wasn't taking care of him. They were sending him away. And then my grandmother uh took the rest of us in. I mean, we all was like in and out. We had pieces of Tootie, was figuring out everything. We was scrambling around. Yeah. And then uh, we we ended up uh, with my grandmother. And then, uh, yeah, pretty much lived with her for a decent amount of time. Then I got relocated in Jersey uh, for a year. And then I ended up back with my grandmother in high school. And it was just a, it was a crazy experience. It was like my whole adolescence was like scrambled around from the event. And uh, yeah. Even like the first year when she passed, like I didn't talk for like a year. I didn't, I didn't talk to no teachers or anything. I ended up in remedial classes, and uh, I didn't really transition out of them till like ninth grade. And then, oh, wow. And yeah, my base probably came from math. Uh, I had a good uh, math teacher, Mr. Ryan. He always he like he ingrained like uh, confidence and uh, just you know I wasn't I wasn't strong in other subjects, but math I was always good with numbers. Um, and then uh, I eventually uh, got out and 
ninth grade. And then I trans like start doing sports and stuff to help build my um my confidence. Cause I I mean I felt like I was living in a shell, like I was a shell of a man. Yes. Uh I ain't really have that structure, you know, with like a father figure and things of that nature. And yes. just losing my mom, I lost like like my heart. So I just felt like I was just out there, like looming uh, around. But um, eventually I started doing sports. I ran track, played football, basketball. Um, I ended up doing collegiate, collegiate sports. I ran track. Um, even after uh, track was over, uh, um, I ran like uh, unattached at different uh, pro meets around like the 400, 200. So yes. it was pretty cool. I, um, it built up my confidence to build the company. So it's, it's been a pretty good experience. Awesome way to way to bounce back from all that. Yeah. So, yeah. so Sierra, take take me through how how you two met. Um. Well, <laughs> so it's a long, it's a short story, but uh, we both ran track in high school, of course. And he he said he would we would see each other out there at the meets and stuff. But I don't remember seeing him. She was a goat. I ain't gonna lie. At high school, <laughs> at high school, she used to trash our girls. I was like, oh, this she was tough. Like <laughs> they was like, all right, y'all gotta race her this week. That was her. You know how they you always got that one person that's always in front, like, man, they need to lose. That's <laughs> so like it, it could have been I saw her. Maybe she ain't seen me. It could have been that, but she seen me now. That's all I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we seen each other in high school and at track meets and stuff. But we have mutual friends, so uh, we met through our mutual friends too and a track scene. And um, yeah, that's how we met. <laughs> so through, through track, through sports, you know that part. Yeah. And then once we got to learn each other, we learned that we had like similar stuff that we've been through and that brought us even closer. Okay. So how, how would you, you describe your upbringing? Um, well, I didn't have my mom in my life either. She didn't pass away. She's still alive, but we didn't, we had like a difficult relationship. Um, okay. yeah. Uh, I moved away from her at the age of 14 and went to go live with my father. So my, my father raised me basically my whole life. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And, and what, did that have any any adverse effect? Uh, adverse? Um... Um, it did because you know, as a child, you were you would expect your mother. You know, that's your first love. You you would expect her to love you and show you that love or guide you and to becoming a woman. And I didn't have that in my life, so I was kind of like a tomboy growing up. I had my dad, my grandpa, and my brothers. Like I struggled <laughs> on like you know becoming a woman. Like who? how do I do this? Or how do I do that? And eventually, yeah. like years later, my, my father met my stepmother, Tracy, and she kind of stepped in and became a mother figure to me. So it was really difficult not having a mother, but I mean, now with, uh, with my aunts and, you know, family members stepping in and kind of guiding me into becoming a woman I am today. And it, it helped me grow stronger mentally because every time I step on the track, I, if I'm going through something or I think about something in my past, I kind of, let it all out there and then I feel better or even during the workout. Yeah. I'm like, I need to just go for a run or walk and then, you know, I feel better <laughs> afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Like my, my oldest daughter is de- dealing with that because uh, their, their mom left when she was, my oldest son was six and she was three wow. when, when, when their mom left and like, yeah, she just moved away. Like we, we didn't even know she was leaving, just left. And now, and so my daughter, she's 19 now, and my son's 22. And like that, that void is, it's still there. You know, I was actually, I was talking, yes, yeah, like I was talking with my daughter last night, you know, just helping her sort through, sort through feelings and things like, like the winter ball. I had two of my fitness clients come to the house to help her with her hair and her makeup, you know, because I I can't do that. (laughs) You know, it's like, I just can't do that, you know? So, and just having those, I remember when she was in preschool, I used to, I I could do one ponytail. That was it. And sometimes it was a little crooked, but you know, damn it, I tried. Right. And so she, I picked her up one day and her hair was all done up nice. So I guess the teacher assistant did did her hair. So the, the next day I went, 
with a brush and little uh, hair, hair hair ties and the gel and all that. I was like, if I leave this with you, will you do her hair? <laughs> so the teacher assistant did her hair every day. <laughs> you know? yeah, I don't think like people understand how how good like if you don't have your mother, how good it is to have a father. Because even if things aren't perfect, it's like perfect to us because at least you're trying. I used to get yes. the, the crooked ponytails and stuff like that. My dad would dress me, and I'm like, I don't know what I got on right now, but I'm grateful because I, I have on clothes or you know my hair yes. is like done. So I mean, it means a lot to have a father. You know, yes. a father figure in your life if you don't have your mother. Yes, ab- absolutely. Because you you hear that story a lot more about dad not being around. Right. That's you what know, I was like, like the other way around for me. I was like, this is kind of weird. I mean, you expect some people expect for the father not to be there, but for the mother, it was like heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and and I, I don't like when people say, "Oh, well, you have to play both both roles." I'm like, I don't play both roles. Like, I'm a dad. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm, it's my job to be the best dad I can be, and right. it's dis, it's disrespectful to mothers, you know, right. to say that. It, right. That's that's the way I feel. Just just like when I hear on Mother's Day, you know, when the the people talk about single moms, you're you're playing mom and dad. I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like I love my mom to death, but she was not my dad. Right. You know, there was just a different. It was, it's different. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like a better or worse kind of thing. It's just different. It's like right. when I needed love, care, support, I went to mom. When I needed a kick in the ass, I went to dad. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just different. So anyways, so so let's bring it back in. So when did you guys d- decide to start working together? Um, About last year, right? Yeah, it was like a year. Yeah, when we moved in together. Yeah, when we moved in together. That's only... Yeah. It's hard, but we do it. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's talk about it. Take take me through it. How, how did it come about? <laughs> I mean, me personally, I always, like, I'm used to, like, not having no support. So I'm, like, I'm self-efficient now. Like, I just feel like I can do whatever by myself. It's like, yeah. like, I had to do everything by myself. I had to teach myself a lot, you know, being in different rooms, environments, I mean, because I'm from where I'm from, and I had to go and learn different environments, so I had to adapt. So I felt like it's a lot of stuff that I built up for myself, and then for the first time in my life, I met someone I actually considered building with. So it's just been a hard transition. Like, even today, like, I just be like, I could do it, you know? But I like, mm. we have to do it together. So it's just molding uh our talents and our skill sets together to you know build something unique love it well yeah <laughs> now 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 tell me your side of the story i, I said what i feel you said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree like i can say you know no relationship is perfect and we're still learning each other i mean you're going to learn each other for the rest of your lives you won't know that person in the first couple of years fully yeah. but um yeah it's been it was in the beginning it was difficult because he's you know everything that he'd been through and things that he built himself even the company he let me into the company you know so yeah. it's like he's like i did you know i'm doing this by myself like i don't really want to do it with anyone or i don't know how to do this i don't even know how to be in a relationship and you know just fronting and acting like you know I'm he don't really, relationship he don't six months bro six months <laughs> <laughs> chapter for chapter 
She came yes. up with the ten laws, and then we went chapter to chapter. Then I get the book. I'm like, yo, you ain't even say that much compared to what I said. And I'm like, you finessed me. I was like, it was, all like a, it was like an experiment. I was like, I need to learn more about you. I want to learn more because you're not telling me everything. Then I opened the book. Psychology. We hit the yeah. I'm a psychology. <laughs> psychology major. So I'm going like kind of get into and bring it, make you express yourself a little more. So it was really good. Like I don't know if you wanted to talk about the book yet. But we're going to get there, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, well, that's how we came about building the the company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. We'll we'll, we'll get that. I actually just wanna I wanna double down on that because as you see, as it says above us, your true power lies in your story. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I help people do is I help them take their stories and find the lessons in them. You know, because like because everybody goes through something at some point, but right. it's, it's, it's all right. All right. What did you take from it? You know, it's like. Growing up without without your parents, like what what were the lessons that you learned? You know, because we, we we can talk about the struggles, but what were the lessons? So what what she's saying, like yeah, she she finessed you, but she did it she did it for for the right reason. All right, right. And, and as I said, and I'm a college dropout, and so like I'm not I'm not even a psychologist, but I know when you face what you've been through, right. it makes you stronger, and it gives you the power to do things like from orphan to millionaire, right? right? If you wrote, if you wrote a book that just, that just said, I'm a millionaire, people would be like, screw this guy, you know, but you hear orphan to millionaire. Now it's like, I want to know that story, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain. That's what, what I said to you guys at the, at the publicity summit. Yeah, exactly. you know, I was like, I want to dive into that. It's like, how did that happen? You know what I mean? So that way, why? Cause we want to highlight what you did, but we want to inspire other orphans. Right. <laughs> you know, so pe- yeah. people, th- or just like how I said, my daughter grew up without a mom. You grew up without your mom, and look where right. you are. So right. now I can go. I can go back to my daughter, have her watch this, and be like, "Listen, see, she went through it. She felt it, and she's still kicking life in the face. Right. You know, and you can too. Right. So I just wanted to to expand on that. But all right, let's get into the book. The book. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so the book. Uh, he came up with the 10 refutable laws of purpose. Um, it was like rebirth, uh, hey, love. Experience, um, yeah. It's basically taking your life experience and using these laws to understand what was going on. And, um, and how you overcame. Yeah, how over, like how you overcame it. So pretty much like as I went through each chapter, I, I like looked at the law and then I uh told my story and I compared it to the law to see how like it brought vulnerability and redefined my character. So yes. it, it was like a pretty good um it's like narrative therapy because you b- basically talk to the each law through your story and it pretty much bring out the best individual. Like it bring out who you are and, and it makes you vulnerable at the same time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah and I actually did a video just three weeks ago on how vulnerability is displayed as a weakness, but it's the ultimate strength. That's what people don't realize. Anybody can put themselves into a shell, you know, but to step out of that shell, be your true authentic self and own what you had to go through. Like in a Tuesday show, this guy was a former a former drug dealer, former gangbanger, and a former pimp. <laughs> so that was a hell of a hell of an episode. <laughs> so I, I told him, I, I said, I gotta have you come back because I still got questions. <laughs> like, an, like an hour was not long enough, you know. But it's the fact that he did all of those things, but we were able to extract the lessons from each one. Because right. like people can say, oh well, what good can come from being a being a drug dealer? It's like you'll be surprised. There are lessons there. You know, and, and, and like you pluck those lessons out and it makes you stronger. So, so to be there and say, yes, I used to be a pimp, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and this is what I learned from it. And this is what I'm doing now. Right. So it's like being vulnerable is the ultimate power. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it is because everybody thinks, like you said, is a weakness, but it's really not because you don't realize how many people you're inspired by just telling your story. Yes. So, yeah, it's not a weakness. Like you said, it's a strength. 
Yeah, I did a Facebook post asking people like, "What's the what's your biggest struggle in telling your story?" And I got like eighty some odd some odd responses on it. And one of them was, "I'm afraid of being too emotional." And it's like, if the story's emotional, get emotional, right? <laughs> you know, you know, it's like I, I can sit here and talk about about the passing of, of of my father, and like if I give the abridged version, I can do do the abridged version, you know with no problem but if i go deep dive detail it chokes me up every single time you know my right. sister had, had a brain aneurysm burst in 2016 20 percent chance survival rate she's still here you know and, but talking about seeing her in the hospital in a medically induced coma not knowing if she's going to come back to us i get choked up every single time you know mm -hmm. so again going back to the being vulnerable and especially for us men you know because they tell us oh men don't cry men gotta be strong you gotta you gotta keep keep that inside you know so to see a man on stage getting that deep into his, into his emotions no right. one no one's ever gonna say look, look at that punk <laughs> right, it, does, right. It doesn't go like that they're gonna be like go ahead tell your story people are gonna they're gonna cheer it's like people want to see that raw authenticity Right. Yeah, because there's a, it's a lot of people that go through stuff and they just keep it inside. And I just felt like, I mean, I learned it's just better just talk it out, like just get yes. it out of it at that instant. Because when stuff happens, it's better to just let it go. You know, the more you let it go, the better it might. I mean, I'm not perfect at it now. It's like some things I could just talk about on the spot, but some things yeah. take like a week or two. But like yeah. before the end of the month, like I just tell myself now, like before the end of the month, I got to let it go. Because... Yeah. I mean, I give myself 21 days to just like talk it out, let it go. Because if I don't, it's going to build up. And like most of my life, I let stuff build up. That's why I said I was a shell because it was a lot of stuff. Like I ain't had the confidence to say it. I ain't had the confidence to yes. express it. I ain't had the confidence to do a lot of things. And if I never overcame just being vulnerable, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I'm it's power in it. Yes. And, and I tell people too, like once we realize too, that it's bigger than us, it's like right. people, people keep things inside because they're worried about, excuse me, uh, fear of judgment. They're worried about, you know, if they're going to cry or if people are going to laugh, people don't care and no one's going to listen to me. It's like, those are all selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, if, if, if I'm talking to a room of 20 people and I'm talking about when I hurt, hurt my knee, if 18 of them check out, but two of them dial in. It's like, it's like, that's what you have to understand. Worry about the two that's dialed in. You know, right. like, don't worry about the ones that to where it may not resonate. You can change two people's lives that day with that story. Right, right. And you also don't want to, you know, keep passing down the generational curses, like to our children yes. and stuff like that. We don't want our son or our daughter from like, you can't express your emotion. So we have to show them that you can because otherwise they're going to keep passing that down. And it's, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the, the worst, the worst possible thing. It's like, <laughs> like, like Andre, uh, although mine's reversed, I have four sisters, two brothers uh. and, and, you know, so, so being, <laughs> being one of seven and I'm the youngest, <laughs> but being one of seven, it's like, I understand that, that dynamic and even being split. Cause you know, my, my dad, my dad was married three times Well, he was, you know, with three, three different women. So he's, he, he was married to my mom. God, they were 51 years, I think before he passed in 2019. But like, I had that strong, that strong family structure, but he never let us settle. Like I said, mom was always there and always supportive, but dad was, was the one really hammering down the values. You know, like he was a Marine. He ran track himself. He fought in Vietnam, like, and I'm lucky to be here talking to, to you guys because he told us a story where they got ambushed in Vietnam and everyone in that Humvee was killed except him. Because wow. I think cause he, was, he was on the bottom of a couple dead bodies. <laughs> and so he was able to survive. He said he stayed in there for like a solid 24 hours before he finally emerged. Sure. But he, he just came out of that with just a new, a new outlook on life. You know, right. like, like the world was just coming out of segregation at that time, too. So it's like he could have he could have still had that chip on his shoulder. But but he didn't. He's like, you know what? I want better. 
You know, right. it's like, right. I want better. It's like, I, I don't want my kids growing up feeling a certain type of way. And he just hammered those values into us. Just like you were saying how your, your grandparents did, did for, for you and how your, your dad did for you, you know, like that's, that's key. So I'm, I'm glad that, that you mentioned that because what we do, the kids are going to follow suit. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, until they get products like ours that let them know <laughs> you can break the cycle. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like I speak in, in schools. Well, I was speaking in schools before COVID. No, no, yeah, yeah. COVID. You know, but like I, I go into uh, the inner city schools and I mean, I speak all, all over, but I had a particular message for the inner city schools, letting them know, like, if, you know, if you have, have a father who's in jail or if your mother's working four jobs and you guys aren't getting a lot of supervision, like ask yourself, do you want that? Right. You know, right. it's like, do you want that? If you don't want that, you can fix it. You know, it's like you, that doesn't have to be your reality, you know? And so like, that's, that's the, 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 I want to assume that's the message that you guys are trying to convey with your book, you know, taking the mess in your life, apply these laws to it, and then you can change the direction of what you, what, of where it is you want to go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So what's next for you? Um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm still training right now, but um, we found out we're having a kid, so I'm, mm. I'm uh, six months right now. Nice. Congratulations. Kids. So, um, yeah, after that, I'll get back to training and everything like that, and, and I'll be training for the 2024 Olympics. Nice. Yeah. Um, still building on a business. Uh, started off with 30 people in the chat room uh, teaching financial literacy. Uh, investing long and short term is over a thousand people in eight months. So nice. It's still growing, yeah. So it's just been growing different entrepreneurs, everybody from different fields in there, just teaching them how to just start a business and just build up something that they uh, created for themselves uh, mm-hmm. outside of, you know, the nine to five and just investing for the, uh, you know, the next generations. Yeah. Uh, we closed on a couple partnerships for the uh, tax firm. We got partnership with ADP. Oh, nice. um, my alarm center for security um who else was it okay is it oh uh as seen on uh all the major tv outlets we can get articles now um that's great uh we got meeting with beckers uh 529 plan uh for kids educations k-12 college uh, 100 percent tax write-off for uh, education expenses uh that mm-hmm. deal is going to be closed on tuesday we got the uh, final meeting um, lively HSA account, um, a hundred percent, uh, write off for health expenses. Uh, and you can invest those, uh, funds to, uh, you can invest those funds into a self-directed HSA account now. And, uh, they've given us the, uh, ledger to do that. And it's one more, but I'm just off the top ADP, but yeah, we're, we're working on an account, uh, tax firm, um, I'm going to uh, roll out franchises to help everybody build their own branded franchise with their names and give them all these partnerships so they can uh, expand as well. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's, that's that's amazing. So take take me through how you started it. So you said 30 people in the chat room. It's, it's like, how did, how did you structure it? it? You know, just like, just take me through the process. Uh, so I I, I started Dream Again in 2013, so it's based on Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream, and I put it into a, a company um, company concept. I actually, it started with like a, a cartoon concept. We're in character development right now. I don't want to speak too much on it. And then okay. I started the, the Dream Again Tax Services. The Dream Again Tax Services, I'm real good with numbers, um, so I started off with family and friends, and in about three years, I started, like three years ago, I started, now it's over 150 clients. So I wow. just, uh, and then I just took those clients. I was like, look, I'm going to start an investment chat room. And then I was just in like a Google chat room because I, when I traded at JP Morgan, I didn't really like how they was treating me. So I quit okay. and I built, I built algorithms to catch like institutional trades, like early as 4 a.m. And they gap up like a hundred percent. So wow. uh, with the algorithms, I, everybody was just like, yo, Dre, what you trading? So for like the last two years, Every day, I called it. I called them every day, mm. and then thirty people. People told people about me. They told people about me. Now I was at a thousand in eight months. Um, 
That's I awesome. started off with the Google chat room. I took it to Telegram, and then I started uh, like four different uh, chat rooms. One for accounting and lawyers. One for um, the Wolfpack for people that want to invest. We got the Women's Empowerment Group, uh, and then the Dream Again Book Club, teaching people how to retain 100% royalties. Um, my thoughts during all this, I was just like, you know, how can I add value to these people's lives? You know, because I come from a devalue community, and my company, Dream Again, is basically taking those devalue individuals, you know, from all walks of life, but more focused on the inner city. And I say, like, how can I bring value here with my education? And then um, all the different concepts and um, things, all the different concepts and business strategies start coming to me. So I've just been slowly just building on it, taking it a day at a time and just letting my thoughts, you know, uh, manifest. I love that. Sierra, what's, what's your take on it? What's your... I want, want, want to hear, you know, the wife's take on the business. Um, well, he's more of the financial side. And, you know, um, he helped he helped me with that as well. Because, like, before we met, I like, they don't teach athletes on taxes and stuff like that. Or you don't really learn that in school. So I struggle with that a lot. So before yeah. we even became a couple, he was, like, my accountant. So it really helped me <laughs> even get into the business to understand, like, the tax uh world more and like budgeting and finances and everything like that so um i actually think this is great because i wish that i met someone like him when i was younger and you know now that i do know stuff we're we're able to teach it to younger folks so they have that knowledge growing up and um like i said i'm more on the psychology side as well because you know i struggle with mental toughness i suffer from depression and stuff like that so um I have my woman empowerment group where, you know, I send them daily affirmations and stuff like that. So, I mean, Penn, you need to have that mental toughness too, as well to be in a financial world because, you know, you can mess up your whole life just spending, <laughs> you know, and doing all yep. this type of stuff. Oh, what I used to do, I'm not perfect. Like, you know, I still have my, my things where I like shopping and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah. So we're all human. Yeah, we're all human. I feel like both the mental and finance thing, we, we connect really well. So, yeah. Perfect. If if you need a guest speaker for your women's empowerment group, let let me know if you allow men in. Oh, I didn't. Oh, she ain't let us in. She's going to post it and post it in the big chat room talking about, yeah, you know, just ladies and everybody like, wow, like, I <laughs> Tried to get in a group the other day. I was like, wait, yeah, she kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, women, we like to talk about women's stuff and we talk about I'm just her. trying to pick up the other perspective in case I got a daughter down the road. You know? Bingo, bingo. <laughs> no, because like, because I actually do women's empowerment groups and sometimes right. pe- people people would say that. And, and I was like, yeah, but looking, you can look at things from a different lens. Right. You know, it's like because I keep I keep telling people men and women were designed to work together, regardless right. of where you think we came from. We were designed to work together. So it's right. OK to have multiple perspectives. It's like right. I'd say probably, well, for this podcast, it's I believe it's 68, 68 women, 32 percent men. So it's like my audience is mostly women in my gym. It's like ninety five five women to men. So I so like I, I work with mostly women and moms. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these messages, they're universal, right? And so I tell people, if you're searching for empowerment, don't pick and choose where it comes from. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if I can bring value to your group, don't reject it just because I'm a man. I'm not saying you per- personally, just right. in general. Like this is what I say to women in general. It's like, if, if I have a message, like I believe in the law of attraction, it's like, you need to hear something and I can bring it to you. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like don't, don't, don't reject it because I'm a man. You gotta let your paradigms open. That's how I go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the first ones I did this was back in 2015, I believe I had 40 women in there and I did overhear a couple of them say, I thought this was a women's empowerment group, you know, because I, I did my opening, my opening speech, but I also had four women's women speakers, you know, for the for the event. But you know, I, I gave the opening speech. 
And by the time it was done, everyone was like, oh, my God, this was amazing. You know, I said, yeah, and you were talking trash about it in the beginning. <laughs> you know, before before I even said anything. <laughs> you know, so, so I'll just throw that out there. If you have a change, change of heart, I'm in that lane. So. And it's crazy because sometimes women feel like men don't listen. So I think it is good mm. to finally hear that men want to step in and listen and give their perspectives and stuff because a lot of men don't care. So yes. that's probably why we kind of like try to separate the thing like, oh, he doesn't care. So let's just do women <laughs> stuff. But there is guys, you know, there's men out there who do care and, you know, want to who wants to be on both sides. Yeah, like, like I tell people, when you're having relationship issues, don't get together with your girlfriends, because uh, uh, it's just going to turn into a male bashing session, and, and, and vice versa. If you're having problems with, with your woman, don't go to the bar with the guys, because you're right. just going to bash women, you know? So it's, it's like, like, if you're having a problem with Andre, you can call me, and we can talk it through, because I, I <laughs> right, honestly, because I can speak through the lens of a guy. You know what I mean? So so it's like when all the women get together, you're looking at it from only one lens. That's right. It's like I can like, I can like, I, like, oh, you took him back, didn't you? <laughs> like <the one> they- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cause it was like one of my one of my f- female like yeah, one of my clients, like she was having an issue with her husband. And I was like, listen, if you want to get through to him, say these exact words. And she's like, You want you want me to say that? Like, yeah, trust me. Save those words, and I guarantee he will help you. And so she messages me the next day. And she's like, "It works to a T." I said, "Yeah, because you have to speak, dude. You know, it's like it's like you can't. It's like we're wired differently. You know what I mean? So it's like, you no, know, women pr- prefer a lot a lot of detail. The you know, women are more emotionally charged, where men are task driven. You know, yeah. men are task driven. They like, like say say he leaves his his laundry. You know, in all over the place or whatever coming at him through your lens he's gonna be like why is she nagging <laughs> right it's like that's how we're gonna receive that <laughs> why is she nagging rather than andre listen it would be a big help for you if you could just keep your clothes over here mm. now for as a man oh she needs she needs my help i, I got you you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> Yeah, we're so. nagging all the time. We're really we're just trying to, you know, solve things and communicate and stuff like that. Yes, like yes, husband, like he has a problem sometimes where he's closed off. Mm. So it's like we're we're working on it. Yeah, and yeah, and you and you know and you know too as as a psychologist, you can't talk to everyone the same way. Exactly right. Right, you, you, you just can't. So so the same thing happens in a relationship. It's like you have to know you have to know your partner. You know, so for someone like me, I'm very playful and my ex and my ex was very Mm self-conscious. So it's like, all right. So I, I, I really want to say that, but I can't, (laughs) you know, just because I know if I say that it's going to hurt her feelings, you know? So it's it's like, you have to know your audience, Mm -hmm. you know? So anyways, anyways, I I just wanted to throw throw that part in there because I, because I felt like it was relevant to people, to people listening listening like on both sides you know like right. you just can't get a group of men talking about talking about just men stuff because we have to hear it through the females lens too right you know so be, be like if i said this am i being a jerk y- yeah you kind of are because in our mind maybe we're not right <laughs> it's like i don't think this sounds jerky <laughs> you know so so you get a group of guys together and like, man she's crazy Right. <laughs> right. That's, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> right. Not considering other people's feelings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, so, uh, so if I go to this website, what am I gonna see? Uh, you're gonna see. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, for for people that that are gonna listen on the audio, it's dreamagainthelegacy.com. Yeah, dreamagainthelegacy.com. When you go on dreamagainthelegacy.com, you're going to see an intro to the uh, character character development of the anime. Uh, The financial freedom tab is going to show you, uh, give you an option if you need your taxes done. Um, It's going to give you uh, the Wolfpack breakdown, some returns versus the S&P. The About Us is going to tell you things that we did in the past few years. Um, the Conscious Times is going to talk about all the different 
influential individuals that uh, had an impact um, on, you know, undervalued cultures. Yeah, courses on there too. Yeah, uh, yeah, the courses is on there as well for uh, learning all the different tax-free money market accounts, how to invest long and short term, how to turn on indicators. Um, all those. Yeah. And then uh, the or uh, the book is is Orphan a Millionaire is a, a link on a conscious time that take you to there where me and Sierra did most of our interview, like where we interviewed that, and then where you can get the book. Okay, and then is this. This one here, orphantomillionaire.com. Yes. Yeah, that's our book website. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect, perfect. So let's. Uh, oh, we still got we still got ten, ten minutes to go. All right, so twenty twenty four Olympics. So give me give me an idea of what your training regimen looks like, Sierra. Um. Well, once I get back into full training right now, you know, I'm taking a step back. I'm just living well, yeah. light, light running, uh, cycling and stuff. But I usually uh, I'll run like 60 miles a week and lift two to three times a week. And um, with the new coach, you know, our training is really intense. I'm not sure if you know of him or um, the athlete that he used. To, I mean, that he still trains, but she's very popular. IJ Wilson. Um his name is Derek Thomas. That's who I train with now. That's my new coach. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's really intense, something new for me. <laughs> and so yeah. I feel like training with him will prepare me well for the 2024 Olympics. Yep. Love it. Yeah. And where, where's that one going to be? Um, It's in Paris. Yeah. Paris. Okay. Check out some Eiffel Tower while you're over there. <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, every setback, you know, is a, it's, what am I trying to say? Because I can't even think of it. Minor setback. Yeah, minor setback. Ah, she got that. She got that pregnancy brain. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, this year we didn't. It, it was a surprise for us, and it's actually a blessing. So it's like I can't even be mad. It was Olympics, but it's like it's going to come back around, and I'm still young, so I have plenty of time. And I watched many other women do it who had babies who are now like number one in the world. So it's like. Just yes. because I'm having a baby doesn't mean I can't come back into the sport. So I was like, you know, um, and next time I come back, I'll have my son watching me there. And it'll be really yeah, inspiring and motivating. So I'm actually yeah, excited. A- yeah, yeah. A- Allison Felix just did it. Exactly. And she, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's yeah. going to be really great. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on the Shikari Richardson situation? Um. I mean, I've seen her around, but I don't know her personally. Uh, I feel like she's she's young and she's just taking in everything as she could. I mean, why mm-hmm. not? She's fast, one of the one of the youngest to do it, so why not keep keep taking each step to reach those heights and become as successful as you want to be? So, I mean, I don't have yeah. anything negative towards her. I think she's a great athlete, and tomorrow they actually have a big race tomorrow in um, Oregon. She'll be racing the Jamaicans who just won the Olympics. Okay. Yeah, yes. so it's going. It's being talked about all over social media. So I'm okay. actually happy for it. When you're young, why not go for it? <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think it's just we. I think they should have let her run. Oh, you're talking about that that situation. I mean, no, well, all of it in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just like I feel like they need to change these rules. I mean, I don't think I don't feel like weed affects anyone. That's just my opinion. But it, there is a time and place to do it. The rules are the rules. The rules are the rules. You're not supposed to smoke in competition. And yes. apparently, you know, her mother passed away, so it was really difficult for her to find yes. out from someone. So it was like, I mean, she's young. She'll learn from it. I mean, she did. She took her 30-day suspension. So just move forward and you know what not to do next time. So, I mean, I yeah, don't like, judge people. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, 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 def- I definitely... Definitely agree that the rule the rule can change, but like like you said too, as of now the rules are the rules. And when, right. when you're at a when you're at a world class level, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what, like I said, when my father passed away, I didn't start doing drugs. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's not up to me to decide how someone copes. Right. You know, but when you're at that level, you got to have a heightened level of awareness. Yeah. You know, like you you have a chance to to represent your country. Right. And one of the most pre- prestigious sporting events out there. Mm-hmm. And that that's a big deal. You know, it's not just like another track meet. Like, this is a big deal. 
Right. So, yes, Olympics but, are the right things. You could But the issue too is that it's international rules. Right. It wasn't even the American rules. Because mm-hmm. I actually did on my debate show, I actually did an episode on that where I went through and, and I read I read up on all the rules and it's it's clear mm-hmm. that it's not so much the weed, it's THC. And they're saying that because the way it relaxes the it relaxes the body it can give you a competitive advantage. Mm. You know what I mean? So like if you're going into it with the natural stress, anxiety, you know, so you smoke a little, it can calm you down. They're saying that it, it takes away your body's natural, natural anxiety. So it's like when, when I read it all the way through, it's like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. I get it. But like I said, the rule's the rule. You know, right. and, and, and it's in, it's international, so it's not even like the U the, like the U.S. kicked her off the team, right? And that's that's how people were trying to make it seem. So no, that, that wasn't the case. They were just waiting for the um, I forgot the other the other company, but they were just waiting for the rules to come back to see if she could run. Like you said, it wasn't really the U.S., but like yeah. internationally, those are the rules. Like we get drug tested randomly. And then especially if you make the Olympic team, you get drug, top three always get drug tested. Yes. Like, I mean, she could have coped with it a different way, but I mean, at least she served her suspension and you know, she yeah. knows better for next time. Yeah, like I definitely took my hats off to her for, for the way she just owned it. Right. You know? And in front of the camera anyway, maybe off the camera. She was like, this is some BS, you know, right. but, but at least on camera. Like yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like on camera, she she definitely just took took it right on the chin, you know. Yeah. All right. So let's break it down with some final words. We'll start with Andre. Uh, some final words. Yeah, uh, some final thoughts. See, <laughs> <laughs> you put on the spot. You're just yeah. like, uh, uh, I've been putting you on the spot for the last yeah. half, for the last hour. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, just uh, never give up. Uh, always believe in your dream, your aspirations, your passions. You know, your passions are power. Your um, pain is power. And never, uh, never let anybody tell you you can't do anything you put your mind to. There it is. Hey, yeah. Sierra. Mine is just follow your path, don't compare yourself. And um, it's important to have a good support system. Even if you don't think you have have one, there's people out there who you inspire. So just keep moving forward and keep your head up. I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> my mind is just all over the place. I'm sorry. But, it's, yeah. okay. it's okay. Pregnancy brain is a real thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. Like, like I said, working with mostly females, I see it all the time over, over the years, <laughs> all the time. So, yeah. understood. Well, thank you both for taking the time. Um, don't sign off. I, I have to do my uh my closing monologue. Okay. But I have some connections for you, so so you guys to get up, get on some some other shows and keep share, sharing your message and spreading the word. Okay. Oh, thank I appreciate you, right. you man. All right, my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you guys again. All right, so I'll see you in a couple minutes. Thank you. Bye. All right, so if you're tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch the entire thing. I want to expand on something that Sierra just said about not comparing yourself. And I see this a lot in the fitness world where people will come in and say, I want legs like her. I want arms like him or I want a belly like, like you can't look at someone else and want what they have. That's called envy. It's one of the seven deadly sins, right? You, what you got to do is look at yourself and make yourself the best possible version that you can be. We all have different bone structure. We all have different mu- muscle build. We have different metabolisms. And it's the same thing in the business world. Like you have to figure out what success means to you. Okay. What does success mean to you? You can't look at somebody else's success and say, I want that because you might not want to go through what they have to go through to get that. So that matters as well. Like for me, I just want something like once my gym got shut down last year, I said, I need to build something that can't be shut down. And that was when I started this, this podcast. So I can come up here. I'm free to say whatever I want to say. I don't have to worry about Facebook and YouTube trying to censor me. And even if they do, I have my own platform that can't be be shut down or, or censored. It's like, I don't want a hundred, a staff of a hundred people. Like, I don't want that. But people that want that, go get it. I don't want that. 
So you have to define what success means to you and then work and grind like hell every single day to make it happen. Right. So that's all I got for you for today. I will be back on Tuesday with episode 129. And as always, thank you for tuning in and have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com.